0: wellness realness with christina rice i'm your host christina I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer. The information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Today, I have a return guest on the show, my dear friend, Meg Dahl. She's been on this podcast three times before, if you haven't already listened to those episodes, make sure you check those out. It's episode 131, 136, and 138. If you are not familiar with Meg, she is a holistic nutritionist. She is the host of the Unbreakable You podcast, which I have been a guest on. She is the founder of Nourished and Free, her essential oils community. She is an essential oils expert, and she is also a self-love coach. This past weekend, Meg came to San Diego. She was actually down here for the doTERRA Leadership Conference. And while she was in San Diego, I got to spend some time with her. She stayed with me for a bit. And we did all the things. If you follow me on social media, I'm sure you saw all of the delicious food we ate. We went to all my favorite places in San Diego. You guys, I'm serious. I think that I should be a food a foodie tour guide like a healthy foodie tour guide specifically in San Diego but other places too. I'm debating opening this up as a service if you want to come to San Diego and then I can let you know all the places to eat at and exactly what to order because I have it nailed down. Meg thinks I could definitely do this as a career and honestly I think it's it's an option, you know, because I need I need another thing to add to my plate. Right. So we'll see. But anyways, we ate at all my favorite places. We got some really nice walks in. We watched some movies. It was a great time. I had such a fun time with Meg. And we went on a really long walk one morning at Lake Murray, which is one of my favorite places in San Diego. It's so beautiful. And we accidentally both got very sunburned and Meg definitely got some color during this trip and I got some color too. I wasn't anticipating all the sun because it's actually been raining a lot in San Diego. But we got home and had some strange um, sunburn lines. Like It looked like a collar. I was wearing a bro tank. It was, I'm not sure. But what happened was I actually got rid of my sunburn in about a day and I have to share one of the main products i use now to get rid of sunburns is clear stem i'm sure you already know by now how much i love this product and i use it every morning and evening on my face but whenever i get a sunburn i now put it on i just keep putting it on and it soaks right in and it has aloe vera in it as well as a ton of other healing ingredients and it really helps to get rid of your sunburn so so quickly so when you have your ClearStem skincare, that bottle, don't think just face anything on your skin. I mean, I've mentioned this before, I've used it on scars on other areas of my body besides just my face. I had a scar on my knee that it really helped get rid of. So you you can use this in a variety of ways. I was actually just with Danielle yesterday, and today she is one of the founders of Clearstem, along with my friend Kaylee Clark, but I was just with Danielle this morning. I gave her a Reiki session and then yesterday I went in for a session with her. She works at San Diego Acne Clinic. If you're in San Diego and really have any skin concerns or just want an awesome facial, that's actually effective, appeal, or anything else just hit her up. So yesterday she did a little treatment on me and I have just been loading up on the clear stem anytime I get anything done on my skin, whether it be you know, a a chemical peel or derma rolling or microneedling, or if you are somebody who gets laser on your skin, I highly recommend just, you know, putting that clear stem on over and over again. The limit does not exist with it. Once it soaks in, you can add more and you're just going to get more and more of those collagen stem cells into your skin to help facilitate the healing process. Danielle will also, if you see her, help you go through all of your skincare and makeup to see if there's anything that could be clogging your pores. You can also find their whole list of pore-clogging ingredients on their website, clearstemskincare.com, which is really useful. Now when I'm buying products, I will compare the ingredients to that list because just because something is non-toxic doesn't mean it's necessarily good for your skin. I see this a lot with non-toxic beauty on the market where people think it's so great, but the ingredients, I mean, the most common one I see is coconut oil. The the coconut oil will be a main ingredient and coconut oil can really clog your pores. Some people aren't affected by it, but if you're somebody who's struggling with your skin, you have clogged pores, you have blackheads, you have acne. It's really important to start paying attention to that, um, and if coconut oil, you know, is like in a very, very small amount on the ingredients list in your makeup or something, that might not give you an issue. But if it's the main, if it's one of like four main ingredients, it's probably contributing if you have issues. So that list is incredibly helpful. Besides that, though, Clear Stem has really, really changed my skincare routine and I cannot live without it. Like I have anxiety if I do not have a bottle. Thankfully, Kaylee... Has hundreds of bottles that she stocks that I can buy off of her at her house in case I run out, which has accidentally happened. But I think this is a really great product also because I know a lot of people are worried about changing their whole skincare routine. But this is something that you can really easily add in if you aren't ready to change everything over. And I just think that everybody should have this in their toolkit for their skin because it helps with so many different things. So this product was really created to be anti-acne meets anti-aging and it helps with acne in terms of preventing and eliminating acne. It also helps eliminate and prevent any signs of aging. So it can help to calm down your skin, any inflamed breakouts, reducing any redness and inflammation, which is also why it can help with sunburns or any other irritations. It has antibacterial properties. It stimulates collagen growth, which We all want to promote because that will give us that plump and vibrant and youthful look so that we fight the aging process. It also helps to brighten the skin in general, even out any discoloration. It's really helpful if you have any red marks or scars. I have noticed a lot of my scarring fading away. It also helps to increase hydration in the skin without making it oily, so this is great if you have oily skin and need some moisture, but find that typically moisturizers are a little too heavy for you, and it also does help block excess oil production and any antigens in the skin. The ingredients are incredible. You can find the full list online, but just a ton of really healing ingredients. So, we have hyaluronic acid, willow herb, those bioavailable collagen fibroblast stem cells. There is some reishi mushroom, aloe vera, green tea leaf extract, frankincense extract, turmeric, vitamin B5. Things we've all heard can really help to balance out the skin and It really just helps your skin heal from anything quickly. So if you have active breakouts, if you have scarring, if you have scabs, if you have a cut, if you have a sunburn, if you have anything, use the clear stem and it will really help it heal. And then again, as a preventative measure for signs of aging or if you are Older, you have more mature skin and you're looking to have a more vibrant, youthful look, looking to get rid of dark marks, fine lines, wrinkles. This is a really, really great product to add into your routine. And you just need a thin layer on your skin. You want to clean your skin apply the clear stem to clean skin, let it soak in, and then you can add on whatever other skincare you use. You can put makeup on top. I just love how it soaks in so quickly and I use my skin hydrated but not oily because I've always had oily skin and this saves it. So I use it morning and night. You can use it just morning, just night, or both like me, but The key is consistency and it will change your skin, I swear. So if you're interested in trying this out, go to clearstemskincare.com and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for $15 off. So again, clearstemskincare.com and my discount code is wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for $15 off. I know Meg was shocked when she saw how quickly... My sunburn went away. I was burnt on my face and my body, my chest, my arms, my shoulders, and got rid of it. No harm done. Got to enjoy the rest of the weekend. The worst is when you're sunburnt and it hurts. Trust me, I know. I'm so fair-skinned. I have always been prone to sunburns, although... Much less now when you change your nutrition and you have all of the correct vitamin nutrient balances in your body. When you're eating a healthy whole foods diet, you actually will find that you don't burn as often. So I got outside all the time now. And if I was outside like three years ago, as often as I am now, I'd probably be burnt constantly. But I really don't burn now unless I'm in the sun for an extended period of time and it's really hot out like the other day we were straight under the sun for two and a half hours. So that made sense. But in general, that's just a tip for you. So if you burn easily, you might find that you have a nutrient deficiency or your diet um, is a little out of balance. You need to get some more of a certain nutrient in. So yeah, fun tip for you. All right. So let's hop into this chat with Meg. We recorded two episodes right before she left. One for my podcast, one for her. So I think the one on her podcast will be out in about a week. I talk a lot about Reiki on that episode, but today's episode, we talk about eating more food, healthy weight gain, adding in carbs. We talk about the social media apocalypse of 2019. We discuss Reiki and everything in between. We talk about food shaming, plate shaming, body shaming, body neutrality, body positive movement we talk about it all so i hope you guys enjoy this one remember you can find meg at meg the R-H-N on instagram or at meg the R-H-N.com. that is her website and make sure you let her know what you think about the episode so without further ado here
1: is my good friend meg doll it's been about like eating enough mm-hmm. and then it's just like my body can do whatever it wants mm-hmm. right it's been about health and things like that but I've been posting my body because, like, it, that speaks to people. Mm-hmm. People, like, people need to, like, see that and, like, be like, oh, that's normal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well,
0: I can't find this person. I'll find it later. But you, can we just roll into this right now? This conversation? Oh, sure. Um, kind of related to what we were talking about earlier this weekend like how what's attractive is so subjective yeah, and like yeah. in other cultures like they think that curvy figures are so beautiful and if you yeah. come if what we idealize in american culture if you go to another
1: like country or well, like even, i was telling you in Barbados, yeah
0: and then they think that's you know you look ill you don't look very good yeah but like then what they think of as beautiful they come here and that's not good enough you I know? know and it's so subjective so yeah. I mean, oh, w- <laughs> I'm just trying to grab this pillow so I can lay on it. <laughs> um, but it, and then
1: all weekend, it's like we've been comparing or like, do you think that person is attractive? It's been so interesting because <laughs> sometimes you and I agree mm-hmm. that like, I mean, all the boys have been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are we recording? Okay. Yep. Oh, OK. We've been talking about boys who we agree are
0: attractive.
1: Yeah. And we're like very, I mean, I'm super in. If anyone knows what Scott looks like, like he's <laughs> like kind of nerdy looking, uh-huh. you know, and I obviously find him very mm-hmm. attractive. And you mm-hmm. are into like hot nerdy guys. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have like similar tastes. Mm-hmm. And all the guys that you've shown me recently, I agree, are mm-hmm. very attractive. But then we were watching, what were we watching last year? <laughs> oh, of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah. And we compared mm-hmm. Christian and Elliot. Yeah.
0: And I think Elliot's more attractive. And uh, you think Christian's more attractive. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then same with girls. Like, you think Anna's more attractive. And I thought that like, K- Kate was more attractive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's all subjective. Or we're talking about how if you in a group of girls, and all the girls kind of know, like, one of the girls is the hot one, right? You all think that. But then you might ask guys, and they might have a completely different perception yeah. of who the hottest one is. And then this, like, when we were talking about how a woman who has confidence, no matter what her body looks like, like, she, you're like, holy shit, like, she is hot. I know. Like... And you, like, I think about that, it's, like, if you see a woman who is, like, larger than this idealized, like, view of what we think of as the the best body type, and she is just, like, a badass and very confident and, like, like I don't even know how to describe it. You know women like that? Well,
1: yeah, like, a I big mean. big personality. Yeah, I, for me personally, I follow so many different women on Instagram with very different bodies. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of diversity with Mm -hmm. the bodies that I follow on Instagram. And a few years ago when I was really struggling with my body Mm -hmm. and thinking that I should be smaller and I was like constantly wanting Mm -hmm. to be smaller, I would like look at the women that I found to be like most attractive Mm -hmm. and beautiful on my Instagram every single time they were bigger than me Mm -hmm. and it's like what the heck Meg Mm -hmm. right
0: it's really interesting I was thinking about this too like I mean when I was younger I was always super insecure about being so skinny like I would get made fun of being a twig and skinny and then I always wanted curves I wanted to look like more of a woman and then as I got older and then I was always like on the skinnier side, but then it's like I put on weight and then I was like, I'm too big now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're never happy or like I, lo- I look back on old fi- pictures and I remember at that time thinking like being so insecure out of my body and feeling like I needed to lose some weight maybe or like, you know, I never really felt like I had to lose weight. But I remember thinking like I could like I'm not like as thin as I could be. Um I look back at pictures now, and I was like,
1: I was so thin. Like, how did I even think that yeah. about myself? Right? Like it's so distorted. Yeah. Or even just like seeing a picture immediately after it's taken and thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Like, for me personally, I've always struggled with my face. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be completely honest. Like, I'll take some pictures sometimes, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, my face looks like, like super swollen mm-hmm. or like something like that." And immediately after you take that picture you have those thoughts but then you can look at it not even years later but literally like three days later yeah. and think what the hell was i thinking yeah
0: why are we so hard on ourselves like that
1: it's Where that so many from? factors But I, I mean, you and I both know it so very much has to do with like the story we're telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we forget, I always remind myself that in that moment, I might not be seeing myself with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. Right. It's almost like we have like this filter Mm -hmm. and we're not seeing ourselves with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, A couple days later, Mm -hmm. you can look back at that picture Mm -hmm. and actually see it for what it is. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's really powerful. So Megan and I were talking about this earlier this weekend and how so much of how we see ourselves, as you just alluded to, is a story we've told ourselves or we've been told by other people and how other people have seen us since we were young. Like these things that we've been told since we were you know, in elementary school, middle school, and high school, and we have all this collection of every negative, we pick up every negative little thing someone says, or we twist something that's neutral into something negative, because that is human perception, right? And we build a story in our heads of what we look like, who we are. But if you, like, you know i was telling meg i'm like i moved to san diego and like no one knows me here and i can be any person i want and they don't know who i was or what i was 5 10 years ago right but it, and then it's like you can be anybody and or even meg was you know saying like like say you're somebody who, who put on weight right you move to no, a new city no one knows that you used to look so thin like so no one has that that comparison and i think part of losing or gaining weight that the emotional struggle whenever your weight fluctuates is like people around you're watching and making comments and like whether you put on weight or lose weight someone's gonna say something because people are comparing to who you used to be Mm -hmm. and it's like so freeing when you're in a situation where like no one knows who I was 10 minutes ago so you know
1: Mm -hmm. Like that's they don't know what the thinner me looks Mm -hmm. like or they don't know what the heavier me looked Mm -hmm. like, that sort of thing. So what about comments about people's bodies? Because I know Mm -hmm. the day before I left to come here to Mm -hmm. spend this week with you. I spent some time with a cousin that has not seen me in person since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. She follows me on Instagram. So she sees me talking to my phone, Mm -hmm. but hasn't actually seen me in person. Mm -hmm. And we were just hanging out. And then just like out of the blue, she just said, Meg, you know what? You look really good. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really happy for you. You're looking really good. I only ever see you on Instagram and mm-hmm. it's just nice to see that you're looking so good. Mm-hmm. And a comment like that years ago would have literally, i again, going back to what you said, twisting things in our heads, mm-hmm. I would have twisted that and thought, oh my gosh, like I put on way too much weight mm-hmm. and I would have went home and restricted mm-hmm. whatever I ate for the next like however mm-hmm. many days. And when she said that this time, it was almost like my chest kind of like puffed up. And I was like, thanks. Mm -hmm. And I told her how much I appreciated her saying that. And also with that, I was just like proud of myself that my mind didn't go all monkey and Mm -hmm. start distorting something that was literally a comment or Mm -hmm. a compliment. I think it's really touchy with comments about people's weight. and It
0: is. It's hard to know because I know for me, it's like <laughs> someone can, someone can make a comment and just a completely different person can make the same exact comment for sure. and I'll be like, that was okay from one person from another person. I'm like, you're a bitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like You don't know me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wh- how come you said that? Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's like, I think also as friends, you know, it's hard to know the line, like, should I say something? Should I not?
1: Yeah. I mean, you and I... We didn't really talk about weight or body stuff until just the other day. And we had been with each other for a while. It wasn't something that, like, you didn't see me at the airport and say anything. Yeah. You know?
0: I mean, I think so much of this is, like, (laughs) so much (laughs) of the shit we used to talk about, I just don't even talk about anymore. Right. Like, I don't even care. I don't even notice no. things about people <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know, we've both talked about this, how we both are just like, I'm over talking about like food and like nitpicking it. And same with like body stuff. It's like, you know, I really don't notice or care if someone is five or 10 pounds different. No. You know, like, I don't know. And I think I just don't make comments about it ever with people unless it's like brought up. Right. Right. And they want to know just because, from my perspective, for me, I'm like, don't say anything to me unless I'm like asking you.
1: I know. And even asking people, it's like, where is that coming from, mm-hmm. too? You know, like, why are you asking or what are you asking? But I'm um, just going back on the comments thing, whether it's a compliment or, I mean, I know girls that get very negative comments Mm -hmm. about their weight gain, even if it is like healthy weight gain, right? Um, Positive or negative about weight loss or weight gain Mm -hmm. is just, it's just not, I, I feel like it's just safer just to not say anything. Yeah, Like just stop commenting. I know you and I had a conversation earlier this week about, stop commenting on like people's plates cuz you yeah. just like don't Jesus know. Christ, yeah. I mean, we can definitely get into that, but <laughs> it's kind of the same thing goes for your body because if someone lost weight, you don't know if they're ill. Mm-hmm. Or you don't know if they did it for truly for their health and mm-hmm. they're in better health now. And same mm-hmm. with the weight gain, yeah. right? You don't know the yeah. person's story. Yeah.
0: You also don't know what somebody else's healthy weight is. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people will lose weight and they'll be like, you lost weight, you don't look good. But like sometimes that is their healthier weight and then vice versa. Sometimes people will be like, you put on a lot of weight. Like, are you okay? And it's like, no, but actually that heavier weight... Is healthier for them. It's like you don't know. And because this is the thing people get used to people being at a certain weight and then they assume that's where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then if they change, then that's unhealthy, whatever direction it's in. But like maybe they were at the unhealthy weight for like a long time. You know, you don't know.
1: I very much know (laughs) what you're talking
0: about. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about for you. Um, you've like been putting on weight as basically a side effect of just like eating enough food. Yeah. Um, how have you been emotionally like dealing with that?
1: Okay. So I really love this question, but I would love to kind of like backtrack to when I, first started on this journey of just eating more, Mm -hmm. Um, I started eating more to balance my hormones. Um, I'm working to get my period back. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like kept that to myself. Just it felt like a very personal Mm -hmm. healing journey for me. And I started this in September Mm -hmm. and then it came to December and I had gained about like 20 pounds over the past couple of months. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to share it with everyone who has like joined me on this journey you know on Instagram everyone that I love interacting with and so in December I really wanted to write a post and kind of share what I've been doing for the past couple of months and part of me thought it would just be like easy to take a picture of myself and talk about it but something in my gut just like really didn't feel right about that because it hasn't been about the weight gain for me. Mm -hmm. It's been about simply just like making sure I'm eating enough, making sure I'm nourishing my body properly and really health focused versus weight focused. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me because I mean, I've gone through many times in my life where I've like had to gain weight for my health. And it's always been like weight focused versus health focused Mm -hmm. or even like love driven, Mm -hmm. I would like to say. And this journey for me has more so been like, well, it has been very love driven Mm -hmm. versus I need to change my body. It hasn't been body related at all. And so when I was sharing this with everyone on Instagram, I chose not to share a picture of my body. Instead, I, I posted a picture of an apple dipped in nut butter because it's like, this is what it was about. Mm-hmm. It was me nourishing my body and like eating more food, making sure I had snacks throughout the day, mm-hmm. eating things like apples and nut butters that, you know weren't like a regular part of my diet before. So anyways, um, it just very much hasn't been about body image for me. So to go back to your question, I feel like when we make a journey about something else other than our body, when our body starts to change, it's not going to affect us as much as if we were like, out to change our body, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not to say that there's some days where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I feel like I'm in a different body. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I were both talking about this. Mm -hmm. I definitely have those days, Mm -hmm. but they haven't like this journey of gaining 25 plus pounds over the past like six months. It hasn't been emotionally taxing Mm -hmm. like it would have been. If I was like set out to literally change and come from like a place of I am not enough right now and I need to change my body in order to be enough, Mm -hmm, right?
0: mm -hmm. I think that's a really important piece to touch on because I know plenty of women who know they have to put on weight to, let's say, get their periods back or balance their hormones, which... We should get into in a second, actually, because actually many women don't realize that that's the problem. Um, (laughs) Meg's, like, rolling her eyes. Um, No, so they know that. And so they're like, okay, I'm going to put on weight. And that's, that's literally in their head the mindset, like, I need to put on weight to balance my hormones. Or, like, I need to put on weight to get my period back. And they're going after that. And like what you don't understand is like on a subconscious level, like your your brain, the universe understands like what your intentions are. And if your (laughs) intention is like this, like I need to put on weight and you have this negative association with it. It's this negative thing. And like, even if you put on the weight, you're not going to get your period back. You're not going to balance your hormones.
1: And you're not going to feel good about it. Like every single day I need to, like, again, it goes back to that lack mentality. Yeah, When you wake up in the morning thinking, your body is not enough as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm lacking, so I need to gain weight. Mm -hmm. No one has like a positive feeling around the thought of gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Let's just be clear, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's like that uncomfortableness Mm -hmm. around that. And if that is your main goal every single day, Mm -hmm. even if you reach that goal, it's not going to feel good like energetically within your body and my
0: point is like it literally might not get you the actual (laughs) results like you can do same action yeah same thing can occur different purpose different intent different like emotion behind it different results yeah like i'm literally i'm serious like i know people have put on a ton of weight out of like I have to put on weight to balance my hormones and they hate it and they feel horrible the whole time and they've put on enough weight. They don't still get their
1: periods back. Like they are literally at the weight they need to be at, but it's... Because the mindset's wrong. Their mindset. And I mean, just for our listeners that may not know, like you can develop a food sensitivity or a food allergy Mm -hmm. through your mindset while eating food Yep, you know like if you go into a meal and you're super stressed out Mm -hmm. and things don't even digest properly Mm -hmm. versus someone that is very present and grateful for the food that they're eating you know that's the mindset that would help a woman get her period back, right? Like you and I just finished a freaking amazing lunch at Cafe Gratitude. And it's like, we were so present with that meal. But imagine if you and I were like, freaking out about everything that was in the food. And well, this goes back to people notice this all the time. It's just like, were you stressed
0: out like people who like okay I feel like garlic and onions is a classic example like (laughs) so many of us are intolerant to them or whatever we have reactions like but if I don't even know if it's in something slash I'm with my friends out like whenever you eat out I'm sorry you guys there's always garlic and onions in your food if you eat out like let's be honest and I won't have a reaction to the meal because I was just so enjoying the moment having fun and not stressed like you guys come on you know yeah but Re, re, re the period situation. Okay. I want to clarify a few things for some people. First of all, just because you were at a certain weight and had your period. And now let's say that you lost your period, but you were at that same weight. Doesn't mean that you might not still need to gain weight. Mm -hmm. Like, like your body can change over time. And I see this a lot with older women. It's like they've lost their periods or stressed out and they're really thin. And they're like, well, I had my period at this weight like 10 years ago. And I'm like, well you're a different person now you know so Mm -hmm. and also I just want to be clear like because I just had this conversation with a friend you might not have your period even if you're not even if you're eating enough and even if you're not over exercising you might still not have your period if your body needs more body fat on it like exactly and people just don't want to hear it and like I mean I can't sugarcoat it for you but also like there's an emotional attachment to our weight you know like And I honestly think (laughs) it's been so interesting for me. It's like, as I become more woo woo, I'm like, I feel more and more detached from like everybody's bodies. Like, I still understand that. And it's like, I still get, you get emotional, but it's like the more you get into that spiritual realm and start thinking about other things and like you're more like
1: conscious,
0: you just realize like you can sort of detach more from it. And And you kind
1: of like see everything as almost being just like a vessel. Yeah. Right. It's more just like
0: objective versus (laughs) like having an emotion behind it. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I gained weight. Oh, I lost weight. Like that just happened. Like, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) you know, yeah. Like there it is, you know, maybe I need new clothes versus like this
1: emotional thing behind it. Exactly. Yeah. The clothes thing is a big one for a lot of women for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, that's difficult. But you and I were just talking about going through our closets and giving clothes away. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing. So many women have commented to me or messaged me about how they've gained weight and they're still trying to fit into Mm -hmm. their smaller clothes. And it's like, That's not going to make you feel good. Yeah. You're
0: just going to look worse. No one looks good trying to squeeze in a clothes that are too small for them. But you
1: don't feel good either. It
0: physically (laughs) hurts. I know. So I'm curious, like, since you've been sharing this whole journey, what are, like, the most common things that people are saying to you, like, reaching out?
1: It seems like we just need to start raising more awareness. Mm Uh, But it's not even raising awareness because we know that there's all these different bodies, right? Mm -hmm. But it's more so just like creating like this normalcy Mm -hmm. around roles Mm -hmm. and things like that. Because that's not generally what you see on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so when we are constantly like seeing these thin very lean bodies we start to think that that's the normal Mm -hmm. and if we don't have that we are you know the minority Mm -hmm. and I was sharing this with you before we started recording but you know my journey as I mentioned hasn't been about my body Mm -hmm. but I posted one picture of my body Mm -hmm. And I talked about the fact that I started talking about body neutrality, which maybe we can talk about because I actually didn't know what that was Mm -hmm. for my entire life. I either thought I had to hate my body or I thought I had to do everything I possibly could to like love my body. You know, it was either like I had to love it or I had to hate it. And I didn't know that there was like a middle ground and similar to you, you just are noticing that you have less and less emotion tied to bodies, your body and everyone else's. And I'm really moving into that space of seeing my body and no, it doesn't look like it did before. And when I look in the mirror, I'm not like, Oh my gosh, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, so perfect and I love it so much but I also don't hate it Mm -hmm. and I was starting to like play with this gray area I guess and then I realized that I guess this is what body neutrality is and you just like you love yourself Mm -hmm. you can love yourself and you know I'm that's what I'm all about is loving myself but you can love yourself and still just be neutral Mm -hmm. about what you see in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And I was just feeling like once I got into that middle ground, it was like exciting, but it was weird because it was unfamiliar. And I just posted about that. But when I like, you know, my caption was about that, but my picture was of me in a bathing suit. Mm -hmm. And I got tons of comments from girls because I think I just, like, I don't look like a fitness model. Mm-hmm. I just, like, posted myself. I wasn't, it wasn't, like, filtered up and, you know, like, perfect. But it's just, like, creating that normalcy around what bodies look like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think that's important. I also think, I mean, this whole, like, body positivity movement is very interesting and i want to be clear on my personal perspective mm-hmm. and it's like we need to be more accepting of more body sizes but i'm at the i am at the end of the day always going to be about health so if you're overweight and unhealthy like that's not healthy if you're underweight and unhealthy that's not unhealthy and i'm all about like i'm really sick of the the skinny shaming and the fat shaming there's shaming in every direction There's shaming a freaking right when you're in the middle There's shaming right like you can never please every, yeah. anybody but like it's also this also can't be used as an, ex- as an excuse to not take care of yourself or to be like you know we should love everybody as it is i'm perfect the way i am when if you're unhealthy like if you are way too thin and unhealthy like you need to focus on your health if you're overweight and unhealthy you need to focus on your health that's why it's like at the end of the day it's not an excuse to not be healthy right. you know and i see this getting twisted into that mm-hmm. um and that's a different issue you know but like when you're healthy your body falls to the weight it's supposed to be at. And sometimes it's not a weight that you idealize or you think it's supposed to be at. But like, I mean, close your eyes. And it's like, how do you feel? Like, how is your body functioning? Mm -hmm. You know, but people are so detached from that. Like, So I guess that's just my issue with the whole like body positivity.
1: No, for sure. And I just thought of something like a conversation that I've had with many women, many of my clients over the years, when we are starting to eat more food to gain health, you know how many women will start getting very anxious Mm -hmm. or a little freaked out about gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And no woman ever wants to gain quote unquote like too much weight, yeah, right. Because you're I, a, you're scared. You're like, I know I need to gain a little, but like, what if it never stops? Yes. So there's that fear, and I always remind these women that our bodies want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be overweight. They want to be healthy, mm-hmm. right? And the same goes for underweight too. Our bodies don't want to be skin and bones either. Mm-hmm. They want to be at a healthy mm-hmm. weight. And as we said before is that healthy weight is different for all of us yeah and sometimes we don't know sometimes we don't know ourselves. no 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 no
0: i know i'm curious when in your life did you feel most like confident with your appearance
1: right now before Surely. right now before right now mm-hmm. mm, probably in like 2015 Time when that was that? like when, when I met Scott, like that summer okay. that I met Scott, Okay, I was kind of telling you before I was just in a really great place. And honestly, if you look at pictures, I look very similar to like mm-hmm. how I looked back then. Now but, you do? Yeah. But mm-hmm. like a little heavier, but okay. yeah, okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Like- it would have been back in 2015 when I met Scott. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that was heavier than when you were, like, in your eating disorder, obviously. For sure. Which is interesting because it's, like, we're, like, a lot of times in an eating disorder, it's, like, you're trying to achieve some goal, right? But Mm -hmm. then you're not even confident when you're there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what so many women, like, we chase after this confidence or we chase after this Mm self-love through how we look. Mm -hmm. And then we get to that look Mm -hmm. and and we still still don't have that. FYI, it's because it has nothing to do with (laughs) how you look. It's everything inside you, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what
0: the the question is, the million dollar question that women ask? um, So they think maybe they know they need to eat more or they don't know if they're eating enough. They're like, how do I know if I'm eating, eating enough food?
1: So I honestly think it can be like, this is different. Mm -hmm. I think you and I have had different approaches and I think it would be really cool Mm -hmm. if we both shared our approach. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can do it by just like, simply being very, very conscious of eating enough food, mm-hmm. like eating more food. So it's like, okay, if you're not eating enough right now. But how do they know if they're eating enough? That's People are like, I don't think I'm under eating, but like now I listen to this and I'm like, maybe I am. I can't tell. Okay. Like, I mean, I started tracking my mm-hmm. food. I use a calorie mm-hmm. tracker and I will be completely honest. Back in about like 2012, mm-hmm a calorie tracking app like MyFitnessPal mm-hmm. was literally the thing that was causing the most mental stress mm-hmm. in my entire life, mm-hmm. right? Like that was the thing that I had to give up mm-hmm. in order to like really release stuff mm-hmm. from my life. Now I'm using it as a tool to collect data mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm like taking those steps towards my health. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just like, I personally got to, um, I mean, I, that was my last bit with an eating disorder was like 2013. Mm -hmm. So it's been several years Mm -hmm. since then I'm at a mental place. Like I'm very healthy mentally. Mm -hmm. And I knew that tracking my calories wasn't going to be triggering for me and I, I knew that I could literally look at it as data mm-hmm. same thing with me jumping on the scale I don't weigh myself every day like mm-hmm. why that's mm-hmm. stupid like I'm sorry but <laughs> it I'm sorry but it is stupid and so I'm not going to weigh myself every day yeah. but if I weigh myself I can just simply see it as data now mm-hmm. without like freaking the f out hmm Whereas before, like even like two years ago, mm-hmm. if I went to a doctor's office and saw my weight, it might mess with me a little, yeah, but I don't know. I just like got to a place where numbers I can see them as simply data, and it's like, okay, cool
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm moving on yeah. so plugging my food back in the summer, I plugged my food into a calorie tracking at my fitness pal and i saw that i was like averaging about like 1700 to 1800 calories mm-hmm. it was like very low carb mm-hmm. and um i was like okay you know that's under 2000 mm-hmm. i would like to be eating more mm-hmm. i would love to add you know let's say another 500 calories to my day mm-hmm. at least and that, I just kind of set that as my minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to add another 500 calories. That's like another full solid meal. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to track from there on, then just think of it as, okay, I'm going to be intentional and add an entire other meal mm-hmm. to my day. Mm-hmm. Or if you, again, are more similar to me and like you're totally fine with plugging some things in, I've like I plugged it in and like I started tracking my calories just mm-hmm. to make sure. And also I think, um, with lack of hunger cues, um, calorie tracking can really, really help. Mm-hmm. And my hunger cues just like were pretty non-existent. And I think that has a lot to do with eating very high fat, mm-hmm. low carb. Again, I'm not judging that style of eating, but it just wasn't working for me personally Mm -hmm. and um, not that I and you and I talked about this before but not that I didn't feel good but I literally had no appetite Mm -hmm. and I wasn't getting my period so anyways I just started eating more calories and making sure that I was doing so by tracking my calories but then again like I come here I don't freaking track anything and that's how I know that I'm at this place where it's like, it's not an obsessive thing. It's Mm -hmm. literally a data thing. So when girls come to me or when women come to me asking me that question, how do I know? It's really like we need to get some data. And the way to do that is I, I feel the most effective way is let's Plug in a few days mm-hmm. to see where you're at. And also working with someone can be huge, mm-hmm. right? If they don't feel comfortable, if they feel like it's going to maybe trigger some obsessive behaviors for them, reach out to someone like you or I. Mm-hmm. And I i mean, like, I'd love to support a woman through that and just making sure that they are eating enough without them actually having to do like the groundwork you know Mm
0: -hmm. agreed
1: I mean I think there's a lot of different approaches to it
0: and yeah if it's gonna trigger you to do that then I definitely wouldn't but I mean my first thing though is like if you are like hungry like (laughs) if you're always hungry like just eat to satiety like I would literally just start there and like let yourself eat to satiety and what I want people to understand is like and this also goes along with binging is like sometimes if you sometimes if you've been under eating or you dealing with binging like and this is fucking scary for people. It's like sometimes you just need to fucking let yourself eat a shit ton of food for like a week or two and then, then it just goes away. It goes away and it evens out. And that is so scary to like let yourself fully like like fully just be like I'm just going to eat everything I want right now. like let because you're gonna become a ravenous beast and you're gonna be like i'm eating like ten thousand calories a day and you're like holy shit this isn't gonna is it gonna even out but it does if you actually let yourself get there so and i'm not saying that's the approach for everybody but for some people like that is what helps them if they're not gonna track and it's like but where i like to start it's like before even tracking i'm like are you hungry? Like, are you somebody who like you feel hungry, but you just wait until mealtime or you just only eat according to this subscribed like amount that you, you're set and you just don't listen to your hunger signals at all? Because some people do have hunger signals and they're just not listening to them. Right. So right. if you have them, just start listening to them and then you'll probably naturally led to eating the right amount. If anything, and or here's what people worry about eating too much. If you eat too much don't worry your body's probably catching up and it's gonna even back out again you might Mm -hmm. notice and this is also part of being a human like you start when you listen to your hunger signals you'll notice maybe at breakfast you're so hungry but then magically it evens out and at lunch you're not as hungry so you eat less and then dinner it like evens out you know people need to give it a chance so that's what i would say
1: like if you have hunger signals start there for sure if you i mean i would have started there yeah (laughs) but but yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. but then and then if you don't because a lot of women just don't even have them like you've totally down regulated your metabolism like people don't understand you can teach your body to just be hungry or full off of whatever amount like Mm -hmm. that's why sometimes it's hard for people to um eat enough because they're like i feel so full right like Um, and then in that case I would say, yeah, we need to figure out how many calories you're eating. And if you don't want to do it, then work with somebody who will put it in for you and be objective. Like they don't have to tell you numbers, but they can look at it after a few days and be like, okay, I want you to add in this (laughs) or that. Yeah. You know, and you start to get, to get used to that. And
1: you can start slow. Mm -hmm. Um, but back on, you know, just kind of like feeling ravenous and Mm -hmm. extreme hunger, that's likely going to happen if Mm -hmm. a woman's listening right now and she knows she isn't eating enough. And then after this episode, she goes ahead and starts eating more. Yeah. um, That hunger. Oh, is going to come back in full force. So as I said, I had no hunger cues, you know, and it wasn't because I was limiting my, self in food like intentionally mm-hmm. I just got like so kind of like fat burning you know like I was just like burning the dietary fat that I was yeah. eating that I just like didn't have I wasn't hungry yeah and anyways so um once I started intentionally eating more definitely my hunger cues came back. And I would say that like now they're pretty like normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm hungry for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Back in the summertime, that wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I did start eating more initially, I was so hungry. Mm -hmm. And I didn't let that calorie tracking stop me. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't care. And I know you and I were talking a lot during this time mm-hmm. and I just ate. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just eat. Yeah. Like make sure you're eating enough. And then if you're more, like if you're hungrier than that, yeah. eat it. Yeah. And I would love to just rephrase like that is not a binge. Yeah. That is not a binge. Yeah. It is extreme hunger. Mm-hmm. I, like really um, be conscious of, your wording like when you're on this journey mm-hmm. there's no binging mm-hmm. when you're restoring your health mm-hmm. like your weight mm-hmm. um and trying to get your period back yeah. you know
0: okay i love this topic because i've actually been wanting to like write a lot about this because i feel like i have I understand so much this line because I, ha- I had binge eating disorder. I know what it's like to binge. I also know what it's like to be ravenously hungry and to need to put on weight. And like you go through that thing where – because you never had binge eating disorder. Never. So – and I – under I, there were so many times in college. I remember – co- I used to talk to my roommates about this. I'm like, I – don't mentally I can't wrap my head around this because I'm like I can't tell if I'm binging like is this binging but I'm actually hungry and it took me a long time to understand the difference and now I'm very well aware of like what the difference is and like people have asked me this too like since binge eating disorder like have I ever binged and yeah I have like not I, I have since I since like college when I had that first I definitely have but I know the difference now and like it's not like I have binge eating disorder but I've binged and but I can tell if it's a binge or an overeating and a lot of times it comes back to it's like it can look like on the outside the same thing but it's different and first of all when I'm binging I'm usually going for shitty foods um and I can tell like I can tell I'm not hungry. Like I'm not hungry. And it's like an emotional thing, you know? And you you really, you can't tell the difference if you stop and think about it. Like, and you almost like sometimes black out and you just feel like I'm not even breathing. I'm not even like, I'm just inhaling this. I'm just eating, eating, eating. Versus like when you're hungry, it's like you feel it. You're like, you have the hunger signals. You're thinking about food. And I'm usually going for like meat, healthy fats, vegetables,
1: like, you know. Usually you have like, a thing that you know yeah, is you're, going yeah. to, and you're
0: like conscious. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're like conscious. Yeah, and you can tell when you're hungry. But it's like about slowing down and be like, am I actually hungry, or you know, is this just to eat my feelings right now? But it's like, and Meg's right. Like it's not a binge, and women do that be, to as an excuse to not eat more. They're like, I don't want to binge. I'm like, you're not binging. Like there have been plenty of times Meg and I have talked about this before. Where it's like you're getting your hunger signals back on track and I'm eating a whole chicken. Like I'm literally eating a whole... I've done it too. Yeah, like I'm (laughs) eating a whole chicken and it's not a binge. It's like, I'm hungry. Like I was consciously eating that and I'm genuinely hungry, right? That's very different than me going into the freezer and grabbing a pint of ice cream and inhaling it even though my stomach is gurgling and I feel like I'm gonna vomit.
1: Yeah, and like not really paying attention to it. And... The issue is, is like, you know, going back on eating a whole chicken because we're actually hungry for Mm. it. Women slap the term, I binged on that chicken. And that's really where the problem comes. And women
0: say that. Okay, have you noticed this? Women will like this overeating versus binging thing. They'll just like eat an extra like serving or something. Like, oh, I binged on that. I'm like, no, you don't know what binging is. Like, binging is like oh god
1: well it's just it really comes back like binge I mean I'm really passionate about this like we we both had eating disorders Mm -hmm. like diagnosed eating disorders and it's you just have to be really careful about slapping terms on Mm -hmm. things right like Mm -hmm. we can't call something that it's not Mm -hmm. we have to be really careful with that Mm -hmm. so and there's just a lot of shame and guilt like those are loaded words, mm-hmm. right? Um, like binge mm-hmm. is a loaded word. A lot of women feel horrible mm-hmm. if they term the way they eat mm-hmm. as a binge. Mm-hmm. And like you just said, grabbing seconds is not
0: binging, right. and not necessarily overeating either. Right. People think if it's more than like what they imagine the perfect plate is, it's overeating. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, the sense of portions drives me insane. <laughs>
1: portions, <laughs> yes. Do you yes. want to talk about portions? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like, well, that like really effed me up for a really long time, to- and you know, like years yeah. ago. And you and I were actually just talking about this with avocados.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> Can we on the podcast okay this is my favorite thing (laughs) you were really laughing this morning when i was telling you this so as a nutritionist (laughs) i one of the most outrageous questions i have been asked at like over i would say close to 50 times um people ask me how much avocado they should eat (laughs) and i just don't i don't get it (laughs)
0: I don't, I don't know how much of anything should you eat really yes i don't know you like, <laughs> i don't know you i don't know you like <laughs> i mean how much of what else are you eating like are you hungry like yeah. do you feel like the avocado but whenever anyone asks me like how much mi- <laughs> how much of this should i eat i'm like i i honestly
1: don't know Like, i like, can like, i literally can't tell you yeah i, I, j- I just i just can't i can't so um portion sizes yes I mean, we are told that portion sizes are a great starting point. You know, like if yeah, like for start. me, like when I I remember back in 2012, 2013 when I was really really trying to rid myself of like orthorexia, oh. disordered eating, things like that, I would take a plate and literally, like, not know how to yeah. build a meal. Yeah, you don't know how to build a meal. Yeah. So, I feel like, and not portion sizes, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, you it's know, you're teaching. Yeah, yeah, like a template mm-hmm. on how to build a plate. I mean, the Whole30 or, like, um, mm-hmm. it starts with food. Mm-hmm. They have these yes. templates for yeah. us. Like, we all know, you know, I mean, like we're very um, well versed with paleo here and whole 30. Like we all know they recommend like one to two palms of protein. Yeah. That's a great starting point. Yeah. But those are not like your limits. Rules. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not rules. not rules. They are a great starting point, but like, Frick. They're not they're not something to live by. Yeah.
0: yeah. People get really oh.
1: afraid when they
0: deviate from like that. Like that's too much of this, too much of that. Especially when they take away things. So it's like they'll be I see this a lot people go off of like a template right or even like like I provide a template for like the girls in my program if you go on my my website like I have like a nutrition info and I give like a template to start here because I believe you need to start with a template when you're switching to a real foods diet just to give you something to work off of sure and then you adjust there but it's like I'll see a lot of people using like that type of template and then they're like going no car they're like taking out all Mm -hmm. starches and not adjusting anything and I'm like Okay, well, if you're going to, like, take off something in my template, uh, you need to add something else. And they're like, well, I can't eat that much that much animal products because it's too much. I'm like, but you're not eating any starches. So, like, what are you adding like, in? You need yeah. to compensate. Yeah, or it's like, you know, or they're not eating any fat. And I'm like, but you're also not eating any carbs. Like, you know, like when you take things so away you gotta you add eating? things you know yeah. it's like all in context so it's like maybe eating this much maybe eating like half a chicken for me is like good because i'm not eating x y or z but like that for meg would be too much because she's eating so much of these other things like i can't tell you how much is the right
1: amount for you because i don't know what else you're eating. Right. That's exactly. All I have to say to you. Portion sizes <laughs> do not exist.
0: Yeah, they they don't exist. And serving sizes also like the number of I'm like I'm like shocked at how many people will look at a can of fish and they'll be like, "Oh, well it says like three servings per can, so I only ate like a third of it." And I'm like
1: <gasps> I'm sorry. Like a serving size I've isn't I've never Oh. I've never left anything yeah i'm, <laughs> like, like, I'm like what, what? Do you mean? people save cans of fish yeah
0: people will like go according to serving sizes of things like that that are like sing- you know what i mean like yeah they separate oh, know the serving size just to make the calories look smaller like it's for nutritional information and they think that a serving size is like how much i should be eating at a meal and i'm like do you really think there's one amount that like 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 i don't know 90 pound like Eleven-year-old Sarah should be eating as the same amount as like two hundred-pound John, who's thirty-five. Like, there's no way we can have a standard serving <laughs> oh amount. Which, oh, which man. also, like, we just have to let go of portion sizes and like what other people are eating because I eat more than every man I've ever met, so it's fine. You
1: so guys, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. that's another thing. I mean, I eat more than my boyfriend. Yeah, I eat like three times by the time. I whip him up a smoothie for breakfast His and he eats five bananas in one sitting and then he won't eat again until dinner time. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, there's so many women that compare themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, have never been like, oh, I'm eating more than my boyfriend. Yeah. I should eat less. I've never been like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that's a huge struggle for mm-hmm. so many women, like, you yeah. know.
0: They, a lot of women, uh, they comment on that, but it, oddly, I think it's more concerning for them when they eat more than their friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I feel like, I mean, can we be proud of that?
0: Yeah, that's what, can this we be is the proud thing. of the thing. amount when of food you, we can pack away? Yeah. It's like when, wouldn't you,
1: you rather? Yeah.
0: Well, this is also the thing with like eating more food. It's like, um who doesn't want to eat more food? I'm like, yeah. what are you eating that's gross that you don't want to eat more of? That's my <laughs> question to you. <laughs> if, you need good better, question. if you need some better food because when you're eating good food, like who doesn't want to eat more?
1: Is my question. question for you. No, honestly, I mean, what I, <laughs> I would, yeah, eat as much food as you possibly eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think
0: people just get psyched out and like, because humans want to follow logic and like logically they think like, Bigger volume, more calories. I put on weight. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. First of all, bigger volume doesn't always mean more calories. First of all, more calories doesn't always mean put on weight. So there's you can defy logic in so many ways. Like yeah, I mean, let's use the low. Actually, the low carb example is like interesting and like Meganair both. Well, kind of going back to what you're saying before, I'm just like, I think that this low carb movement is like fucking up so many people without them realizing it because a lot of young women like are trying to be healthy and like doing it. And it's like the effects don't come on until later. I mean, I'm like, I keep telling my friends, I'm like, I wish I had never been keto for like two years. Like I got to deal with it now, but like, you know, I don't think people realize how much it's screwing
1: them up. But How did I not know you were keto for two years?
0: Oh, I mean, I went into paleo. Like, I told you that I never even ate carbs. Like, when I first yeah. went paleo, I was like, st- I went straight into keto. Rick. Like, that was yeah. just what it was, you know? Yeah. Um, Two years. Like, <clears throat> I mean, that was like mostly, and then, I mean, really, realistically, three years, like, I just wasn't, you know? Yeah. I don't know whatever but it's messing whatever. people up but the reason why I brought this up was like I mean you can look up you can google articles and they'll be like people are amazed at, they're like I'm eating 4,000 calories a day and losing weight like but just the point the point is that there are so many different ways to eat that it defies logic where it's like you're eating way more calories and you're losing weight but like you can find someone who, like, is is the example, is the counterexample for anything, you know? Yeah. Like, you can find someone who eats, like, so many carbs and is losing so, so much weight. You can find someone who's eating no carbs and losing so much weight. You can find someone who's eating so many calories and losing weight. Like, even though people like to say it's, you know, so simple, it's calories in, calories out. But, like, that equation is very confusing. Very not right. It's yeah. like, I mean... Okay, like, surface level, it's right, but, like, yeah, it, but in, there's in, in so reality, much more to so it. There's so much more that goes – it's, like, our body, okay, to digest protein, for instance, takes up more energy than, like, to digest other macronutrients, mm-hmm. you know? Like, things like that, or, like, to digest processed foods takes up less energy than, than to digest whole foods, so you burn more calories when you're digesting whole foods. Like, yeah. all those things go into the equation, and, like, hormonally, like, what's – I don't know. There's just a lot, so –
1: there is a lot
0: stop worrying about it guys <laughs> that's my that's why <laughs> that's
1: our advice for y'all
0: today. do you have any final um concluding thoughts about like what to say to a woman who's like in the weight gain process like she's going after her health and she's gaining weight and she's just feeling weird about it
1: not feeling good i would honestly recommend that she shifts her focus mm-hmm. um I really do think that a lot of us spend like too much time in the mirror, uh-huh. you know, like that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think that taking mirrors down uh-huh. is necessary. Uh-huh. That's kind of like a personal story I guess when I was going through eating disorder recovery like way back when Mm -hmm. I probably when I was 10 um one of my psychologists recommend that we take mirrors down in our house Mm -hmm. and for me in my head I just even like as a 10 year old girl I was like that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. like I need to be okay with my body right so we need to like see our bodies and be okay with them but you don't need to constantly be like looking at yourself in the mirror and um keep yourself busy maybe doing something I know that's one of the things for me I'll notice that if I kind of am having like a weird um, mindset day, or something like that. It's like, okay, I've been cooped up in my house mm-hmm. for the past couple of days, mm-hmm. and I haven't really been doing anything other than like sitting on my computer in my office. Mm-hmm. And I just need to like get my mind on something else. Mm-hmm. You know, our minds can just become really focused and fixated on one thing. Mm-hmm. And when you're having a bad body image day, It's really hard to get out of that mindset. Mm -hmm. So maybe kind of like create somewhat of a imaginary toolbox in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, like go out for a walk. Get your mind off of something. Call a friend. Go out for lunch. You know, like this whole week that you and I have had together, like what time have we had to think about our bodies at all? Uh, Zero. Zero we have other things to be worried about. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, yeah. right? So, make this journey that's honestly what has been the main player for me and the biggest factor for me in my health journey right now is just not making my health journey about changing my body. Mm-hmm. My health journey has nothing about or has nothing to do with with my body it has to do with my health like my internal health
0: yeah one final thing i just want to say before i end this topic and move on to something else is if you have dig- if you're eating more food and you have digestive issues there's not an excuse to stop because you're gonna have digestive issues if you don't you're lucky but the majority of women have them mm-hmm. and i think meg and i both went through that it's like you're like you're adding in foods whether it's an amount or a certain types of food, like we both talked about, like adding in carbs. Adding in carbs can be like. <laughs> it, was, um, it was interesting. Uncomfortable, to say the least. Very odd. Very interesting. Um, you just kind of got to go. Your body has to relearn how to metabolize those foods and to deal with those foods. And it's uncomfortable at first and then it evens out. And like, this is what I was telling Meg. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you just got to get through the low carb flu. Like, the low carb flu, everyone's fine with having to deal with and suffer through it to get to the other side, yet they won't deal with the adding carb flu. <laughs> like, yeah. They're like,
1: that's a bad one, you know? So, and I definitely went through that. Yeah. yeah. I did too. Yeah. So- like my, I had never experienced like blood sugar swings like that mm-hmm. since I was a teenager, mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. And I was like, what is happening? I was getting shaky, sweaty And like major anxiety, like super clammy. And then all of a sudden, you know, you and I were actually chatting about that. And after a week, like I stuck with it. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with my body. My body just simply had to adapt. Yeah. Get used to them again. Yeah. And
0: I know you were, well, cause you know, I always had that issue. I like that. I was like, no. And I remember you texting me and you were like, is this normal like Like, why is my blood sugar like going crazy
1: and i was like yeah i was like just push through it push through and i did Mm -hmm. and about in a week you know i was able to tolerate them just as normal without like the blood sugar swings and now i can like eat a freaking banana Mm -hmm. with nothing else and like i'm fine
0: We can eat the banana. We can eat the banana. I can have a smoothie with no substitution. I know, right? No low-carb
1: smoothies for us. That doesn't mean I
0: don't ever not want a low-carb smoothie, but... but if I want to have a banana in a smoothie, it will be it's there. nice And it's if I nice. don't, then I won't. And I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Back to... Pl- I don't even want to spend time on this, but this plate shaming thing, I'm like, <laughs> I can eat whatever I want today and it doesn't have to be what I ate yesterday. So... You can eat a smoothie, yeah.
1: Christina. I
0: can have a smoothie if I want. I can have a banana if I want. I can also avoid carbs if I want, or I can eat all the carbs. It just depends on the day and my mood. So if you have a problem with it, please leave. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> please my, leave now. This is my point. Okay, but just to wrap up, um, just because I want to touch on this, like, um, recent events is the social media apocalypse of 2019, which happened on Thursday <laughs> oh, yeah, <or> Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, social media went down for a day. What are you talking um, about? And Meg and I both were just talking about our reactions to it and how both of us were, like, Kind of annoyed because it's like annoying when it's your business and you're like, Oh, I was gonna post this today and like now it's not working, but then we just kind of like moved on and we didn't care. But we have a lot of colleagues and friends who the world crashed and ended that day, and I think it's a really important lesson, um, in our dependency on social media for like per- personally and in terms of business, first of all, personally. Far too many people are attached to that for like their sense of self-worth, obviously. But also if like your whole business is on Instagram and if it crashed, you would literally be able to make zero money.
1: Like you need a new business plan. That's terrifying. <laughs> so
0: terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the lessons to be learned as well as your favorite people. You need to be connected with in another way. So it's like, if you enjoy our content, Are you on our newsletter list? Like, um, are you subscribed to our podcasts? Like, or do you just always get your information from Instagram? Like, it's important to be connected with people in other ways. Like, every single person who I follow who I, like, want to make sure I see their content, I'm on their newsletter list. So, I would just like to let people know that. Because this is just, like, just for your own well-being.
1: Yeah, I mean... The best stuff is in the newsletter. Yeah,
0: right. the best stuff. Do you have any other um, comments on the social media apocalypse?
1: <laughs> well, we were just saying that turning notifications on to yes. see posts and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, if there are Instagrammers mm-hmm. that you really love to see. And I mean, that will just really help your scrolling yeah. too. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, we talked about this a lot. You go, I think people don't really understand the algorithm like... And we don't get upset in terms of like, I want more likes. It's more of like, I'm literally trying to communicate information for people. And like, I want you to see. Yeah. And like, Megan and I talked a lot about how we miss old days of blogging. And it's like, it's like we write mini blog posts every morning on Instagram. We do. And people don't read them. And I'm like, I would rather spend that 30 minutes to an hour. Writing a post on my actual website that's, like, not going to go away after 24 hours. Because even if something's on your feed, no one goes back through and, like, reads your old posts.
1: No, like, if I post something today, Mm -hmm. there's no way you're going to see it two Mm -hmm. days from now. Because you're not going to go on my front, Mm -hmm. like, my profile Mm -hmm. and go to posts later. Yeah. So the turning on notifications definitely really helps if you turn them on for your favorite people or your favorite accounts. And yeah, just like going back to the blogging, these are little mini blog posts, you know, we write them for a reason and we do put in like a great deal of time and thought into our captions. Mm -hmm. And I do really miss blogging days, you know, like blogging and just throwing up a post and, so many people reading it and Mm -hmm. it just kind of always being there yeah um
0: yeah there's something better about a blog than an instagram it's like it just leaves like i love blogs i still think we should campaign
1: bbb BBB,
0: bring Bring blogging blogging back back. i am here for it like i am like so close to i just really wanted to be like i'm leaving instagram like i'm on my website that would be a bold move I like want I'm like that's how I emotionally feel but start it girl I know like you can find me on my website I'll be there actively every day like (laughs) come here you know but I mean that's what all but like the social media apocalypse it's like guys it could happen again yeah what if it happens and it doesn't come back forever yeah what are you gonna do with all your and I think about like I put anything super valuable on my website but there's a lot of stuff that I've Captions I've written on Instagram that I do care about. And I'm like, those would just be lost.
1: And that sucks. Yeah. I know. You know? I've written a lot of captions yeah. that if they went away tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'd be sad about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like, what do we... Like, we've given Instagram so much power. That's scary. Like, you gotta, you can't
1: put all your eggs in one basket. And it's scale. a free platform. I know. That's the, that's the scariest mm-hmm. thing. Is It's a free platform right now. So, literally, like, we have no control or power yeah. over what it does yeah. it could go away
0: and i know people don't want to pay for anything nowadays
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know this all too well don't get we me started do. on
0: it but like if you want quality if you want real results if you want things like in life um just in general on the internet in terms of products like if You could are talking food yeah even like clothes food, essential oils that's what we we're talking about products yeah. um information on my website <laughs> <laughs> like it just costs money to have things like we as humans aren't entitled to have things for free in today's day and age sorry mm-hmm. and like the best stuff isn't free i'm just going to tell you that right now and i'm of the, now that i've realized this anything that i'm like that's too cheap to be like true i'm like usually
1: right right honestly right right and if you like the free content mm-hmm. that we put out on Instagram then the paid imagine- for imagine yeah, imagine what the paid for is <laughs> imagine because and i feel like a lot of people don't think of it that way mm-hmm. right it's like okay i'm loving all of her free content mm-hmm. but like the paid stuff mm-hmm.
0: and here's the people also understand it's like if you love the free stuff and you want more and you want the person to like do x y and z more like they can do more if you support them by buying whatever like pays them do you mm-hmm. know what I mean like people love people's free content and they they're like I want more and more and more but it's like people who make free content usually love to make it and they would love to have the time to do more but they can't if they don't have like money sustaining <laughs> them that's why people yeah. create products so it's like okay if you buy my products support, support me so I have some money so that I can spend all this time making free things for you yeah. like sorry that's the way it works right just some real talk right there so yeah that's all i have to say and support
1: your fellow women support
0: people and also with like practitioners it's like um like we were talking about it's like you're not paying for that person's 60 minutes you're paying for like the years they've spent studying and their life experience and like yeah that is worth a lot of money
1: yeah if you're working one-on-one with them for sure yeah i know that's the thing it's it's when i was graduating you know and starting my own practice that was a tricky thing like it's hard to price your Mm -hmm. time because you know people aren't really going to Take that into consideration, all the years you spent studying and your knowledge and things like that. But that's where the pricing does come yeah. from.
0: Because think of it this way: it's like, say I'm going, say I know nothing about whatever my health issue is. I'm going to Meg for an hour. I'm not paying like for that hour, just talking to her in that hour. So you'll think, oh, what's an hour worth? It's not that. It's like. She is saving me like 10 years of studying to be able to figure this out. And I get I get that knowledge in an hour. But you're paying for those like 10 years of her knowledge and expertise, Mm -hmm. you know, so or like the hundreds of people she's talked to, you know, like both of us have been podcasting for many years. Do you know how much I've learned from people? And like, you guys, most of the juicy stuff isn't recorded. Like, you know that's I'm like the people we have access to. It's like you're also paying for their connections, who they've learned from, like all of that. Mentors, yeah, coaches, like, yeah. yeah. We
1: have our own coaches. Yeah, we pay. F Y I, if you, own coaches, if you didn't know, yeah, yeah. we have our own mentors, coaches, teachers, yeah, who we, healers, yeah, who we yeah.
0: work with and we pay for. And it's like you don't have to pay for all that. You're getting all this squeezed into an hour. So people need to um realize that. Okay. Speaking of that <laughs> last, last thing really quickly, cause I'm doing this now with guests who have um, been clients too. Since you have gotten Reiki from me, Um, can you just quickly like, cause people always ask me like, what's a session like? And I'm like, let me let people who have had a session tell you just like, you don't have to go in depth about things. Yeah. But if someone was like, just asking like they don't know if they should book a session or if they want to like what is a
1: reiki session like with me yeah um what would you say okay so i think i'm a great person to ask because you've done it distance Mm -hmm. for me and two times in person true so whether you're in like the san diego area or if you want to do distant sessions I'm your girl to like give you some (laughs) feedback. Um, So I really honestly didn't know how like distance would work. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I had never had Reiki done like distance before. But I just like laid down. I think I fell asleep a little bit and you text me like when you were about to start and we did our thing and then the two times in person as well. But I feel like if you're even curious about Reiki and having it done, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that curiosity Mm -hmm. is there for a reason Mm -hmm. follow that follow that curiosity go ahead and get it done um i mean reiki is just kind of like a gentle touch energetic healing so you might um well you likely will feel different like emotionally and i know just this past time that you did it for me i like suddenly got a lot of like head tension and then my knee started hurting you know so for me personally um I did feel actual like physical symptoms in terms of my head was kind of tight and not for the whole like hour but just for a couple minutes and then my knee started hurting but it was all related to like what you were seeing and what you were picking up during my session so that was like really, really cool. And then I also fell asleep. I started seeing things. You saw a bunch of things. And after our session, you and I were able to sit down and kind of like connect the dots there. And what I really enjoy about working with you for Reiki is like, I feel like I kind of have homework now. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person that I like getting homework. You know, it's like, I don't want to like have a Reiki session done and then it just be like, Kate, we're done. Yeah, bye. Like, yeah, you're on your way. Um, You actually, like, sat down with me. You went through our whole session, things that you picked up, saw, mm-hmm. felt, like, that sort of thing. And then it was like we wrapped up that session by kind of, like, making points for me of, okay, you know, now moving on, maybe we should try doing some of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you told me gave me a meditation to do. Mm-hmm. But everyone's is going to be different because you're going to be picking up different things from their mm-hmm. sessions. So anyways, that's kind of like personal for me, um but we've done this three times already and obviously I'm going to continue working with you because this was our third time and you said you picked up more mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and I think I I mean, you can do Reiki with anyone, but be consistent with one person, maybe. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but um, I absolutely love working with you. And yeah, it's just like, I love Reiki. I I slept really good last Mm -hmm. night. Have um, you ever
0: gotten Reiki from someone else?
1: I did. I have,
0: yeah. So did she also do intuitive work? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because a lot of people don't do intuitive work. So I would say like... If you are saying someone is reiki who doesn't do intuitive work, it kind of doesn't matter if you stick with the same person. Mm-hmm. Unless you like you know, you'll feel a connection with somebody, but like when you're doing intuitive work as well, like it stick it's, with the same person. It's helpful to stick mm-hmm. because people open up more and more. It's like I
1: see more and more, I get more pieces of like the the puzzle, right? And then you remember mm-hmm. like things yeah from our last session because mm-hmm. you even brought that up yeah. this time you yeah know? well and i can i mean yeah i guess even if they don't do intuitive
0: work it's like i can sense shifts in like someone's aura or their energy and i'm like wow this was really congested last time it's super clear now like what did you change yeah like, Um, and seeing how are the same chakras always out of balance and like things like that like Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like intuitive stuff especially I'm like it really helps to work with the same person like um, especially it's like if you want that work done um, so much of it is you being open and like like telling like saying like I'm open
1: yeah and I even shared that with you Mm -hmm. I was repeating that because for meditating a lot of the times it is really good to just like Choose a few words like a mantra or an affirmation and repeat that during a meditation. So I knew that about Reiki and our session. So when we began, I just kept repeating to myself, "I am open. I am Mm -hmm. open." And you said it was like you know the session out of Mm -hmm. all three that I was the most open. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you did collect. A lot, a lot of information. Yeah, you picked up on a lot. So that was pretty cool. And I feel like, you know, if anyone's like, why would I do that? You know, it's just, I mean, I am, it's going to support you moving forward in your inner healing journey, your emotional and mental health. I think it's huge for, um, but just really, I feel like I'm, you know, with every Reiki session or any kind of, like, personal healing session that I've ever done, it's it brings you closer to you. Yeah. You know? It reminds me, it's like, why would I
0: take an Enneagram test? Like
1: because it just like it'll tell you that, a little bit more about you yourself so much about yeah yourself. Like,
0: even if you don't like some people come they're like i have chronic pain here like i have this health issue or like i really need i've just had a horrible breakup i need to work through like they'll have a specific thing in mind but other people it's just like they're just like i just want to know more about myself Yeah, like you know it's like you know it's the same thing with like taking an enneagram test or my love language test it's like just to figure out yourself more when you know understand yourself more like you can navigate the world in a much more efficient way yeah i think so thanks i just wanted to hey. be able to of course hear what it's like i could brag about you forever oh so. thanks i love i love having reiki sessions with you i love when people are super open and i can pick up on a lot like i can tell well, and it's more, it again it's fun i mean the feedback part is the the most fun part it's exciting like I mean laying there is like fun like I I mean it's relaxing you're just laying there right um but like the most interesting part part.
1: is the after the the hearing what happened yeah you know it's pretty wild Um, and like things that I felt Mm -hmm. definitely did like coincide with things that you felt Mm -hmm. saw Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Love it. Well, thanks again, Meg. Thanks, babe. Um, tell people where they can connect with you. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram and blog is all the same. Meg, the RHN on Instagram and Meg, the com is my blog, and I have a newsletter that you can sign up for there (laughs) if you want all of the best things, and I also have a podcast, and Christina has been on it multiple times, so if you like listening to us, I highly recommend, I feel like you've been on two times? Yeah. Three times? Two times? We're Um, really fun. We're really fun. You're the only repeat guest on my show, (laughs) FYI. So... Um, listen to us it's called the unbreakable you podcast and it's a lot of mindset um, and inner work yes it's fabulous go listen to it thanks thanks Meg
0: thanks thank you to Meg for coming on my podcast for the fourth time and I know that also will not be the last time she's here remember you can Find more from her at megtherhn.com or on Instagram at megtherhn and on the Unbreakable You podcast. You can also listen to her other episodes on this podcast episode 131, 136, and 138. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you share it with friends, post about it on social media, tag me and Meg tell meg what you thought about this conversation i know she would appreciate hearing from you as would i and if you aren't already join our facebook group wellness wellness podcast tribe where you can get to know other listeners and i would so appreciate it if you left a rating interview on itunes if you have not already it really really helps me out and helps get the word out about the show so we can welcome more people into the fam And as always, you can find more from me on Instagram at Christina Rice Wellness and on my website, ChristinaRiceWellness.com. I've got lots of fun things for you on there. I have my blog, ebooks, free downloads. It's a party. That will be it for this week. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. I hope there's sunshine wherever you are. There actually is right now as I'm recording this in San Diego. So go enjoy your day. And I will talk to you again next episode. Bye.